Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Don't it up. If you love reality, this is Big Brother. I have never in my life yelled at a girl like this. Five pumpkin. You're going to love the Real House Husbands podcast. The Real House Husbands. The oh, Housewives. <laughs> Talking all things reality, both on screen and in real life. You will never believe what happened next. Because sometimes it's juicier. Who goes out of their way to go and say that to someone? Get ready, because it's about to get real in here. With your hosts, Tim and Rod. The mortalist of them all. Tim, Rod. You are the winners of the amazing yeah. Welcome back. You're listening to Tim and Rod on the Real House Husbands podcast. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, so this week, back. <laughs> What's happening this week, Tim? <laughs> this week we are talking about those times in your life when something is so wrong, but it feels just so goddamn right. Yes, you know what, what an I'm excellent start to the podcast. <laughs> Jeez, I fucked that up. <laughs> but the, what we're talking about here is those sort of times. Like an example would be where you meet someone and all your friends are saying, no, he's bad news or she's yeah. bad news. Like they're only going to hurt you. But when you're with that person, it feels so right. Yeah, or if you're deeply in love with someone, they've stolen your heart, but they're like 70 years older than you. So it's kind of like, well, that's so wrong that there's <laughs> 70 years. I, know, I don't know why I didn't react to the 70 year age. It's so wrong, but God damn it. You were in love and it's so right. Yes. <laughs> and like, and coming up on the podcast, we're going to be talking to Hannah Ferrier from Below Deck. And I am so excited because Below Deck has become probably one of my favorite shows to watch. We are obsessed. She is hands down a fucking icon. Excuse the French. We're obsessed with him, but you do not want to miss our chat with her. Coming up next, but... God damn it, mate. We have an iconic story, don't we? We're going to let everyone know about a time in our life for the two of us when it was so wrong, but it just was so right. Yeah, You're kicking it off, girl. Yeah, well, if you've been following us for a while on Instagram at Tim and Rod, <laughs> let's plug again. Um, what was that? Tim and Rod. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, you will know that after we won Amazing Race, we moved to Sydney um, for a little bit and had a few little ventures up there, but we hated it, to be honest. Oh. Um, so, COVID was almost a blessing in disguise because we got the hell out of Sydney and moved back to Newcastle. The issue, though, was yeah. that we had rented our house out um, and 
um, we had tenants still in our house for another six months. The tenants said that they're going to start looking to move out, but it meant we had to live with your mum for yes. a little while, which we thought was only going to be a couple of weeks, but yeah. it turned out to be about four and a half months. Mate, so we moved back home and long story short, we were living in Sydney. Guys, get this. We were paying like nearly a thousand bucks a week for a piece <laughs> of shit two bedroom apartment when we were renting our brand new house out. For what? Half the price of that? Like it was- That has a podcast studio. (laughs) (laughs) It was ludicrous. They're just the polar opposites of Sydney and Newey, the prices. But anyways, we moved back to Newey. We moved in with mum. So we were living with mum for, I reckon, four or five months. Yep. And mum's amazing. Mum's like one of our favorite people in the entire world. But at the end of the day, we're 30-year-old men and she's our mother, which we're living with. So there was definitely (laughs) some positives and some negatives. A negative- Right off the bat was we're obviously married, we're in love, having the intimate times, the sexual intimacy, whatever you want to call it, wacky, wacky bang bang. <laughs> With in the house when our mum was there was near impossible. And I don't think we ever did it when mum was home. Well, luckily for us, um, your mum still worked full time at, at the time. Yeah, Monday um, to Friday, yeah. Yeah, so we had the house to ourselves through the day. <laughs> Thank you, Kathy. <laughs> um, otherwise, I wouldn't have got sex ever. <laughs> and if you want to know a little bit about, about me and Tim, I actually have uh, a really high sex drive. Like, I kind of want it all the time. But mine's like a roller coaster. Like, I get <laughs> like outrageously horny and then I just come crashing down and like, I don't want to touch anything with a heartbeat. Like, I don't know what you call that. Oh gosh, I didn't know it was that bad. <laughs> Thanks, no, Tim. But most of the time I'm horny, but then it just, it crashes out of nowhere. So I don't know. No, maybe I get, need to get on some, um, what is it called? Like fish oil tablet. Fish oil. Fish oil. Goat <laughs> Horny goat weed. I need to start getting on the horny goat weed, but most days I'm horny and at mum's, we definitely were because we weren't really doing much. I've obviously slain Insta in that, but we were both horny and it was impossible to have sex. We yeah. sucked. And there was a few times like, oh, oh my gosh, like a lot of times where your mum was normally home about that like 5, 5.30 and <laughs> it would get to about like 4 and Toby Rod's like, hey, I'm yeah. here. <laughs> and then we would just be able to we'll start doing our thing, you know, horizontal shuffle, whatever you want to call it. Yes. <laughs> and then I'm- would always be like, oh my gosh, is that a car? Is that a car door? But that one day, mum was at work and we were like, okay, mum is going to be home at 5.30. It was about, what, 4, 4.30-ish. Mm-hmm. We've got an hour up our sleeve to strip off and bang each other. This is going to oh, happen. <laughs> we were both in the mood. So let's do it. Come on, we've got the whole house to ourselves. We were, what, halfway through? And this still gives me so much insane anxiety when we talk about this. <laughs> we were halfway through and we heard mum's car pull into the driveway, which is right next to our room. The car door slam. Mum was on her way into the house. We thought, oh, my God. Not that she's going to burst away into the room, but surely two people having sex, it's going to echo through a house. Like- yeah, especially two men. <laughs> All that testosterone raging around. But- and one thing you should know about um, Kathy when she comes home, she always come home, <laughs> walks through the door, and she'll be like, Hello. <laughs> and we're like, so we jumped off, jumped off the bed, butt ass naked, ran to the bathroom. I think you ran to hers. <laughs> I ran to ours, jumped in the shower. What we were like, Mum was like, Hello, anyone home? We're like, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Just having a shower. <laughs> <laughs> but it was crazy that it went from such intense romantic energy to plummeted multiple times. To shriveled up penis. Oh my God. Oh. <laughs> Mum just walked in. What the hell are we going to do? I know, but that just like, that is a perfect example of what we're talking about. Like, 
it is so wrong that we're banging in your mum's house because yeah. that's just uncomfortable. It, it's, it's weird. But it is so right because we are fairly newly married and yeah. we do that quite <laughs> a lot. So, and we're used to living just by ourselves with no housemates or not having to like talk to anyone or except for in Sydney, oh the people God. above us could hear <gasps> everything. That was disgusting because we got a, a message in the letterbox from the chick that literally lived directly above us in Saying Sydney. Saying too loud. Saying she's like, guys, these are too loud. Basically, we can hear everything everything you do we're like oh my god like does that mean they can hear us having sex so from that point on until we left sydney we would have sex pretty much with our hand over our mouth muffling out any of the noises the moans the screams we thought like we're like, very graphic today too. <laughs> we thought like we were banging in prison or something like it was just outrageous yeah but like back to back to the moral of the story <laughs> is that yeah, it is right. Like, it, it is so wrong because it's your mum's house, but yeah. it feels so right because, well, let's face it, you're the best I've ever had. Yes. So, we want to talk to- Excuse me, you meant to say it back. <laughs> Mate, honestly, for everyone listening, Rod is the best sex I've ever had. His penis is amazing. His oh. body is everything. You were the best lover, hands down, ever. Thank you. Better than Jesus. Have you banged Jesus? <laughs> But we want to make a, a PDA. No, what's it called? PSA, sorry. <laughs> we want to make a PSA to anyone out there living at home with their mum. You need to do you, boo. If you're in a relationship, you've got a boyfriend, a girlfriend, do not stop the fact that you're living at home with your mum. Do not stop that from you having sex with the person that you love. No matter how wrong it feels, know when it's right. <laughs> Just make sure your mum's not home, baby. Check her clock off schedule oh. and timing around that. But we've learnt from our mistakes, mate, haven't we? If we ever move back in with mum. That's never happening. We're I love your mum, but I'm never moving back in with parents ever again. <laughs> if we do, we're going to bang around lunchtime. Because oh no gosh. one's ever home at lunchtime. <laughs> Coming up soon, Hannah Ferrier. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Han. Tim, Tim, Rod, can you come to the bridge for a preference sheet meeting, please? Rod, Rod, Tim, on my way. Our next charter guest is the queen of reality TV and has high expectations. She is the best thing to come out of Bravo and has even been a chief stew herself. Oh my God, please don't tell me this is going to be a difficult charter. She better not be a demanding diva bitch. Well, on that, here are some mandatory requirements. Minimum standard Grey Goose vodka, Wagyu beef served daily, morning mimosas with crushed up Valium and her glasses to be remained topped up at all times. Oh my God. Wow. She legit sounds like my spirit animal. This is going to be fun. 
Oh, and she's also requested a quiet room with a sexy deckhand to fan her down while she records her iconic podcast, <laughs> Dear Diary, You're Effed. Okay, I'm sure I can arrange that. This sounds like it's going to be our best charter ever. Welcome our next charter guest, Hannah, Hannah Ferrier. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> that was so hard not to interrupt, I tell you. <laughs> what are you radio acting out of 10? 11? Uh Fifteen and a half. Yeah, <laughs> that's so good. Thank you so much, though, Hen, for dropping in and chatting with us. Of course. <laughs> You've already hung up. <laughs> oh my god! Well, Hen, today, yeah, we're- exactly. I'm like, aren't we done? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yes. <laughs> no, we honestly we froth on you. You're iconic, outrageous, and we're obsessed. But today on the pod, we're talking about those moments in your life where. Uh, what it's wrong, but it just feels so right. And what jumps to mind instantaneously is that time on below deck that you hooked up with the charter guest. Like we want to know, did that actually happen or was that completely glamorized, dramatized, all of the tizers? Did they throw you under the bus there? Let's just say it didn't go down quite how it appeared on camera. Oh, so hence, so it never happened. Those bastards. Well, no, there was definitely like, you know, a little, maybe a little smooch, but um, yeah, I, I, I didn't, uh, I didn't, I think it kind of appeared on camera like I spent the night in the guest cabin yeah. with him, which uh, that was a no. And does it, does that sort of thing, like obviously there's a lot of staff, like you're like chief stew, then there's other managers sort of thing, but do people actually hook up with um, the charter guests very often or is that literally like the biggest no-no you're going to get fired if it happens? Um, well, it really depends if the captain finds out, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> <The cameras. laughs> oh my the god! The captain probably won't find out. Yes, and I want to know how did you get into chief stewing in the first place? Like, how did the ball really start rolling? Um, so I actually uh, was going through a bit of a hard time in here in Sydney, Australia. I was about twenty-two, and I my mum decided to take me to Europe for six weeks. And I insisted we go to Cannes because I was like, the film festival's there. It's all glamorous. (laughs) And then we were in a hotel in Cannes and we were supposed to be going up to a place called Graf to see the perfumeries. And our uh, concierge at this hotel said, don't do that. There's this gorgeous little town called Antibes. So go there. And so we went there and my mum went to the Picasso Museum and I, of course, went to the local bar. (laughs) <laughs> where yes. I started chatting to people and they were in yachting and then I saw all these massive yachts over there and then I basically came home and put into Google what can you do speaking English in South of France and yachting came up so gave up my corporate career, sold my convertible BMW, got on a plane three months later and the rest is history. Yes, that's oh so goodness. good, Han. So then amazing. how did Below Deck come along? So you're working on boats and that. How did did someone like approach you or did, was there an application process or how did that work? So it's actually a really funny story because it sounds <laughs> super snooty, but I was actually after five years, I was kind of like, oh, I'm so sick of the meds, like, ugh, <laughs> Tropez, Corsica, I'm just bored. And so I took a job on a boat leaving from Florida and going up the east coast of the United States. Yeah. And uh, the crew was so boring and it wasn't <laughs> as pretty as I thought it was going to be. I liked um, New England and, you know, the Hamptons and stuff, but – um not so much the crew. So I got really drunk one night with one of the lifesavers uh, in Newport. 
<laughs> and um, I had I went in, and then one of the deck hands was up, and they were casting for below deck. So I applied for it, and then Whoa. forgot about it. <laughs> and um, then I went and got drunk again with the lifesaver a few nights later. I'm and I know. I might, might, might have accidentally thrown up on the side of the boat and forgotten about it. And so oh. for some reason I got fired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so good. That's amazing. And so I just went, yeah, I just went, oh, bugger yachting. I'm going to spend this summer with the girls traveling around. We chased this music festival around. We did the Greek islands, Croatia south yes. of France and just partied it up. So basically every time I had a interview with the people production company, I was like leaving a beach club or trying to get home or waking up and they were like, oh, this girl's a hot mess. She'll make great reality TV. <laughs> She's perfect. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, I'm so sorry. I forgot about this interview and I'm really drunk. Can we do it anyway? They're like, absolutely. Oh my God. They're recording everything. <laughs> You're like yeah, the Aussie exactly. Snooky. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Minus the arrest because I could always talk my way out of it. Yeah. That's so good, Ham. But for people who have never seen the show before, basically in a nutshell, it's these super yacht, millionaire, billionaire yachts. These rich people hire it out and then it follows around the staff who work on the yachts. Um, below deck, literally, like literally below deck, above deck, whatever. But it, we're obsessed with it. But we want to know, Hen, like let's be real. These people pay truckloads of money to have their holiday, but then there's heaps of cameras on the ship. Like do they get their holiday discounted because they're basically filming a show on the boat, if you know what I mean? Yeah, there's definitely a discount involved. And I always say, like, I don't know, some of the people, some of the guests and stuff like that, it was like, did you guys all just chip in, like, $5,000 each because you want to be on television kind of thing? Like, you kind of, if you have, like, real, real money, most of the time you don't want to have a microphone strapped to you and a camera following you when you're getting wasted with your mates, let's be honest. So. Exactly. It was definitely a new experience. I, I must admit, when I worked for, you know, one of the world's largest arms dealers, he uh, oh. he probably wouldn't have been impressed with um, the cameras following him oh, around. Oh, wow. <laughs> Speaking of, like, like those are, like, things that you've seen, what is, like, the most hectic charter guest? Or, like, what's the um, most hectic request you've got? I know on yes. the late deck you say, like, You've arranged for like strippers for, and that sort of stuff and prostitutes and whatnot. But what's the most hectic request you ever received? Yes. I think probably the craziest one was I worked for this one boss and we used to have to like drop um, like nine prostitutes off <gasps> in Antibes and then the boat would leave and we would have to just basically change the boat from a party boat and so we'd have to, because we were picking up his wife and kids and his mother <laughs> in Monaco. So, and the prostitutes used to hide their like underwear and things like that so that the boss would get in trouble and hopefully split up from his wife. Oh, and so we'd God. have to run around, get all the condoms out, hang all the family <laughs> photos up, like wipe oh. down the mirrors and um, yeah, get the handprints off the mirrors and stuff. And then we'd pick up his wife and kids and stuff and then have this like very chilled family startup. Oh so that God. was very bizarre. Oh, and have, you, have you ever seen anyone die on one of your charter things? Like has anyone ever carked it? No, no. I did work on one boat though. And a week before I joined one of the deckhands on his break had gone free diving <gasps> and um 
he sadly passed away. No. Um, yeah, so that was very like when I was doing night shifts and stuff. It was always a bit eerie because it was so soon after, and oh it was goodness. just weird as well because like the um, the charter guests were on the beach yeah. when he passed away, so oh, they had to like gosh. put his body in the um, in the garage kind of thing, and then still go and pick up the charter guests, and then have the police come out, and it was all just <sighs> a lot. That Whoa. is hectic. Wow. <laughs> Oh my gosh! I, like I feel bad like changing the topic from that, but I feel like we have to. <laughs> um, but like you've obviously you're a chief stew, so obviously you had to be the boss, and um, you got called a bitch a lot by the other um, people on board. <laughs> um, but like, was, who's the people that you've got along least with? Like, who did you clash the most with? Where you were just like, I wouldn't care if you th- if you fell overboard. <laughs> I think definitely like short term was Lara. Oh, uh, she was. So she annoying. was just really bad, she and was then painful. the yeah, the longest, hardest relationship was definitely Sandy. Oh <gasps> my gosh, Captain Sandy! We're definitely going to come back to Sandy soon. <laughs> because I'm definitely going to. I've got some questions for Sandy. You're like, Sandy. there's a whole segment for that. <laughs> oh my god! But um, what about that um. The Russian homophobic chick. Oh, that bitch of a chef. Oh, Mila, we were screaming. Yeah. Is there any homophobic shit she said off off camera that you were just like, what? Why didn't they put this in the I, show? So I wasn't in the van when she said that. I only found out afterwards. Yeah. But I was already at the stage with her. Like, I think it was like maybe the first or second dinner. It was on the first charter, but she was microwaving the steaks. And I was kind of looking like, at the camera guy and the audio guy and looking into the camera going like, guys, what? is this for real? Like, are we, we really have a chef that's like microwaving. The only thing I put in the microwave is fucking microwave popcorn. Like, I am no chef. <laughs> that was very bizarre. That is so good. And as well, I know like in the Voxies and stuff on the show, you talk a lot of shit about the charter guest. Guests, have you ever had one of the guests reach out and be like, hold on a second, you were talking shit about me. Like, has anyone reached out and ripped you to shreds? Oh, yeah, 100%. I've got a few messages and all <laughs> I respond with is like, oh, I'm so sorry. Were you not aware you're on a TV show on Bravo? <laughs> like, it's kind of what you signed up for. So my sympathy levels are just not that high right now. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, because it is a, is a TV show, um, like with all your Voxies, are they actually on board like in between like um, like you'll serve a meal and then go to your Voxies or are your Voxies done after filming no. wrapped or? No, no, no. So we do um, we do interviews between each charter oh. uh, and then we do them afterwards as well. Wow. Oh, my God. And have any of the boats you've been on, any of the mega yachts ever like capsized or run aground and everyone had to like man overboard kind of thing? So the funniest thing, like I just have the weirdest timing and luck in the world. I was, it was my 12th day of yachting. I'd been in yachting for 12 days. It was already my third boat and it caught fire. Uh, like while we were cruising with charter guests on board. Um, and it was hilarious because like we put out a SOS and another charter boat came and they were picking up the guests 
and I like went to get on it and they were like, <laughs> no, you're the crew. You've got to stay on the boat and fight the fire. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I get paid enough for this. Yeah, I was like, and I really wasn't paying much attention in my fire training. So yeah. I don't really know what I'm doing. <laughs> That's so good. And who would, who would be the most famous person that's been on board? I'm not sure if you're allowed to say that. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you know what? It's so funny because in the med, you kind of either work for the Russians or you work <laughs> wow. for like the high profile um, charter boats with high profile charter guests. But yeah. because I think you have that like, you know, you're rubbing with the, you know, the kind of famous, they don't pay as well. So I always work for the Russians and the money. Yeah. <laughs> What's the biggest tip hen you've ever gotten? On boat. On boat. What's it called? <laughs> on deck. <laughs> uh, um, I think we did. So I used to have this boss that I don't know. I think maybe he was a little bit, had a bit of a crush. But whenever he'd go out, he'd come back with like Chanel earrings or a bag or like a diamond bracelet. So Wait, for I you or for himself? For me. Oh, what? Yeah. So I think it was probably like that charter season, even though we only got, I think we got like a 5,000 euro tip at the end of the season, but it was probably the gifts that I got from him that were like, and it was always so awkward. I was like, ah, thanks. So how's your wife? <laughs> so, so when Conrad, was it Conrad asked for his 50 bucks back, you'd be like, bitch, I get Chanel from my charter. <laughs> Shut up your I, ass, bitch. <laughs> and the funniest thing was, is like, I think what annoyed me with that situation is I was like, we, we're halfway through the charter season and we've done like 12,000 euros in tips. Whoa. Like, what are you doing hitting me up for a 50, mate? Like, <laughs> I just, because you know, like, I think in Australia, we're very much like a, you know, like, oh, I'll grab you this. And then when you're out, you grab that or like whatever. Yeah. And it's just very like, and especially if you're kind of dating someone. Yeah. It's, just very, it was so bizarre to me and everyone's like, oh my God, you're a gold digger. And I'm like, bitch, if I'm going to dig for gold, it's going to be fucking more than 50 euros. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, I believe from stalking, um, doesn't um, Conrad now have his current girlfriend is a Hannah as well? <gasps> it's a Hannah and her last name is Roberts, which is Josh's last name. Yeah. <laughs> I, I reckon like, he's still in love with you, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Someone sent it to me and I'm like, that's literally going to be my name in six months. This is weird. And talking about love, obviously not Sandy, but have you ever made love to any of the captains on boat? (laughs) I keep saying on boat. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck is it called? Um, Not on below deck, that's for sure. Mark wasn't my cup of tea. Oh, Um, yeah. I think that you naturally end up in relationships with, um, fellow crew, and yes. one of them was a captain, my captain, uh, because you're together like for like six months, twenty four seven, and there's no one else around, and you know <laughs> they'll do. You get bored. <laughs> Am I going to say Captain Lee's a bit of a dilf, isn't he? I reckon he's sexy. Oh, <laughs> captain Lee's the best. I love him, and I love Glenn on the sailing season. Yeah, oh, no, I love Glenn. Oh, he's did, such a softy butt. <laughs> hand did uh, uh, Sandy ever hit on you? No. I don't think so. There was weird moments where Sexual I'd be like tension. talking to her about like a work thing and she's like, your eyes are beautiful. I'm like, oh, okay. So back to the beach picnic. <laughs> oh, my God. So with, um, well, let's, let's, let's delve into the Sandy situation, shall we? Yes. Break it down, girl. <laughs> so like obviously like she presents herself as like all four women and like 
like, like women's rights, equality, all this sort of stuff. But then she like quite quick to um, like throw you under the bus in her boxes yes. and in interviews since the show's wrapped and things like that. I think you even put something on your Instagram a couple of weeks ago about something she said about you. Yeah. Like how has that relationship like unfolded? Um, I think it was um, very difficult from the start uh, because I think she kind of joined the boat and definitely wanted to be top dog, which is fine. You're the captain. I understand that. Yeah. Uh, but I was kind of just there to do my job and it just felt like a lot of the time it was quite difficult because I felt like she was very much trying to find fault with what I was doing. So yeah. that was always difficult because you just feel like I'm trying to concentrate on the guests and things like that. But at the same time, I know that, I constantly have to double check myself with what's going on and what Sandy wants as well. So it was like having a really, you know, a difficult charter guest on board all the time, no matter what guest you had. So, Were you getting vibes, Hen, from the get-go that she just wanted you gone? Like, were you sensing that she just wasn't, wasn't feeling you? And when did you off the boat? Oh, yes, 100%. Really? Just the way she taught you, treated you? Kind of thing? Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Was there like – And I think – Oh, sorry, you go. No, I was just going to say, I think the one thing that I probably should have played smarter at the start was just she she really enjoys the um, the ego boost from her crew. Yeah. Oh. And I'm a bit more like, a, hey, I'm just here to do my job. How are you going? You know, like – Yeah. I'm like, I've got a stroke, you know, 10 – Trying to guess egos, like <laughs> I don't need to stroke my cat. Well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love how she always goes on about how like yachting's her life, but then there's like how many boats in the Mediterranean that she chooses to get on the one with cameras. <laughs> yeah, Was I any- know it seems a bit like moronic to me because I'm like, all you talk about like in interviews is like, oh, Hannah's just there for the cameras, and like, and I'm like. But, like, what are you there for? Because there's plenty of boats you can work on that don't have cameras. So. Nice. Was there anything Captain Sandy said to you, Hen, that just never got aired, that you think, oh, my God, if this had been aired, this would have just made her look like a complete bitch? Oh, mate, <laughs> how long is your podcast? <laughs> for you, Hen, it's as long as we need it to be. <laughs> really? So there's um, a truckload of stuff. Yeah, definitely. Oh. I feel like it was almost. You know, not not saying anything about production, but I feel like she did get a very good edit yes. uh, for the first kind of uh, three, four seasons or three seasons. And then it was almost like with the stuff with Kiko and everything like that, it was oh. very, it would be very difficult to edit that in a good light. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I want to get into the nitty gritty and oh. the most entertaining, like, I guess, Episode or a couple of episodes juicy, on Bravo. Juicy. Yes, is the episode you get fired oh. for Valium and your CBD pen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that looked just so uncomfortable. That that conversation where you get called up to the bridge and you sit down and she's like, Hannah, you brought drugs on board. Like, oh. and you just look like dumbfounded. You just look like, what are you even talking about? Like, it just it, it came across really confusing as a viewer. Yeah. Like, can you explain a bit of the behind the scenes to that? I guess I was confused because it's not, it's never been hidden. <laughs> like, no way. you know, it's like basically, you know, you working on a boat for four years and being like, 
um, I wear a size 12, I wear a size 12, I wear a size 12. And then being pulled up and they're like, oh, my God, we just found out you wear a size 12. <laughs> like, I was just like, but you've always known I wear a size 12. <laughs> Why yeah. is it a problem now, you know? Oh, my God. Well, that's the thing we love about you, Hank, because you were from the get-go so open and honest about your struggles with anxiety, um, working on the boat and whatnot. And what do you think contributed to those intense anxiety and sort of panic attacks? Is that just due to film? the show or the stuff from Sandy you're getting or just the pressures of keeping all your charter guests happy? I think it's probably, it's like I always say Below Deck's such an amazing show because it's a perfect storm. So yes. it doesn't need to be like overproduced. You yeah. can kind of, it is this thing where you're like you have sleep deprivation, alcohol, high stress levels, yeah. um, you know, a hierarchy where you can't like, back then you have not being able to see your family and friends not having conversations without a microphone on and it kind of just bubbles up and then I think especially the first anxiety attack I had yeah. was like with Conrad um, when we were filming that season and it was like I realized that it was too far gone to back out of yeah because you couldn't you know then you have to see the person 24 7 but I wasn't, he wasn't the type of person that I wanted to like be with, but you, and you get into this stuck situation. And I think that's one of the worst things that builds anxiety is where yeah. you feel like you don't have an out. Yes. Yeah. And, um, I think as well, like what people didn't realize or some of them didn't realize it's like, you also need to remember that I've filmed seasons before. So I know the backlash of social media yes. and all of that sort of stuff. And I deal with it a lot better now, but back then it was like, I like what are people going to think when this is and that is, and then you're thinking about that and you're just going, how do I get out of this situation without, you know, the whole crew turning against me. And like, it's just, it just bubbled over to the top. And like the night before I'd been on the dock till like four o'clock in the morning, just going like, I don't want to do this. Like I was thinking about leaving and going home, but then you're going, this is also my livelihood and my work. I can't leave because of a personal issue. And yes. it's just, it just bubbles over and gets too much. Was was there ever a time there there that it did get too much where you did actually go to production and say, look, I'm, I'm done, I, I'm, I'm out, I'm not doing this anymore? Um, yeah, there was one. Well, no one way. One situation. Is that earlier on uh, in the seasons or is that close to the like- – That was earlier on in the seasons actually. Like the, I think the, the season with like bugs and – Whoever was my other stew that season, and like it just <laughs> oh like God. especially when you feel like you're trying to do your job, and then you're getting all this backlash and hatred for doing your job. Yeah. And I was just like, this just isn't worth it. Like I'm having anxiety, and the one thing like my parents always said to me, like is like you have to like when it's really affecting your mental health like that, you've got to get out. Yeah. But then when you're mid season and you're filming and stuff, it's just you don't feel like that's really an option, and. You know, you're very much in your own head, so. Yeah, and Hen, you were hands down easy the star of the show. When you left, it just was never the same again. Like, we obviously still watch it, but every episode we're like, bring her back, bring her back. <laughs> but there's a lot of conspiracy theories. I don't know if you're aware, but a lot of conspiracy theories out there that people reckon that you wanted to leave, you wanted to have, get married, have a baby, um, live your best life, that you left the stuff out so you would get caught and get fired. Is there any truth to that? No, and I didn't leave the stuff out. The stuff was in my handbag. <gasps> so that who? So that she like Oh, that bitch! <laughs> yeah, she went through your handbag and then went to Sandy. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. you would have been fuming. Yeah, it was to me. I just go like, to me, there's like, you know, do your job, make good reality TV, but there's also just that core of like, I've always still tried, you know, I can be a smart ass in interviews, I can be hard on the girls sometimes and stuff, but I feel like my core has always been my core's good, you know? So I would never like mess with someone's life like that because. You're not as well, like Malia would have been very aware, like you're doing this on television, like you're getting someone fired for prescription medication on television in front of the world, like that's just to me, that's just gross and dirty, you know? In the reunion, she has the nerve to say that it's like it's her duty, she wasn't risking her career and all that sort of stuff, but like she'd also calmed you down. Um, and like yeah. helped you in previous seasons when you were having a bit of a panic attack. So I thought that was a bit yeah. of a move. She was kicking you while you yeah. were down, which was just hard to watch. Like it broke your heart. Well, the only reason that she did that was because I didn't want to share a cabin with bugs so she couldn't share a cabin <laughs> with her boyfriend. And uh-huh. I was like, gosh, this is literally like camp, you know? Yeah, I know, back in school. <laughs> yeah. Like speaking of like obviously there's cameras around all the time and um, everyone goes out drinking and whatnot. There was a, there's a few times where I actually felt like almost uncomfortable watching with some of the guys with how they were like aggressive towards um, yes. women, like more so on the just normal below deck, not below deck med. Like there was like Bobby and Ashton and they would kick off, they would punch windows, they would be right up in women's faces and going like yeah. hectic. And I'm like, do you not realize there's a camera there, guys? Like this is going to get shown. <laughs> I know. It's very, very strange to me. Oh, my God. That's crazy. And this is so random, but, like, have you ever been white girl wasted and woken up on another boat? (laughs) (laughs) I've been like, where the fuck am I? (laughs) 100%. I just love how you just own that. (laughs) Weekly, weekly. Yeah, exactly. That's called a Sunday, boys. What are you talking about? (laughs) Yeah, I know. Sunday sesh, baby. That's so good. So, Han, so uh, can you tell us a little bit now? So, what are you, what's this uh, so Ocean Training Academy? I yes. think it's isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, this is something, um, Ocean International Training Academy was something I started when I was like six months pregnant and I was in the second trimester and I was like, my body is a temple. I'm growing a human. I feel fabulous. And so, I started um, OITA, which is what I call it because it's such a mouthful. But, um, <laughs> I just go, I, it was something that I went like, there's so many, I get so many DMs going like, how do I get into yachting? How do I start this? Because people watch it on TV and they think it's completely unobtainable when it's not. Yeah. And so I started this um, training academy so that people could basically from the comfort of their own home, learn how to get into the industry. So we, I broke it up into two different um, modules. The bronze is kind of like, if you're interested in the industry and you want to learn more about the how to, you know, the how, who, what, why, where. Yeah. And then the silver course is like if you've done that and you want to get into the industry, this teaches you how to actually get into the industry because as a chief stew, you know, I've interviewed literally hundreds of stewardesses and I go, if I had a stewardess that like a green stew, which is what we call like someone with no experience, yeah. If I had a green stew come in and know the difference between Russian service and silver service, I'd be like, mind blown, you're hired. Yes. So basically, I'm giving them like the perfect cheat guide yeah. and the training that they can do at home to actually work on yachts. And watching these, like I just had a young girl from Oklahoma 
Mm-hmm. And I've been like working with her for six months and she's just got uh, her first job as a second stewardess in the Caribbean. She's in the Bahamas. Yes. She's feeding the wild right. pigs. And it's like watching these girls that would never have gotten into, and guys, um, never have gotten into yachting and watching like the fact that I can be at home with my daughter and actually help shape people's lives and get them out there and out their hometowns and working on yachts and living. And I'm very honest about the industry. I don't pretend that it's anything that it's not. Yeah, it's it's bloody hard work and you've got to really dedicate your life to it and you're going to miss out on things in your life at home. But just watching these people go out and actually start living their dreams is something that gives me so much job satisfaction oh and I can God. be at home with my daughter, which is amazing. I, so. wish I, I wish I knew about something like this when I was like yeah, 21 because I would have gone and done That's that for sure. That's what everyone says. Can we yeah. do it now? We're not, are we too old for it? Because I'm going to sign up. Of course you can, honey. I'll even give you a discount. Friend, friends, 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 yeah. That's so good. And so for people who don't know, you've actually got your own podcast going into season two called Dear Diary, yes. You're Effed. How amazing is that? What can we expect from season two? So season two is going to be hilarious. We're entering, so basically 19 to like 23, um, which was the years that I was in corporate and partying my ass off in Sydney and uh, starting yachting. So I'm so excited. Is is there a cover of the diary on this one? Who's on the cover? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I'm going to reveal that in my own podcast. (laughs) Fair enough, fair enough. We hope you've hit up some crazy gay clubs in Sydney. Oh, yeah. I used to be called the um, Princess Podium, like the Podium Princess at Stonewall. So um, I'm sure there'll be a few stories from them. Well, we're the current holders of that title. (laughs) Well, hit me up next time you're in town, as long as it's before 8 (laughs) p.m. So good. Well, here's just a suggestion. You should have done this. I'm so angry you didn't. A live podcast of you when you were delivering your baby. I reckon that would have been (laughs) so incredible because you were iconic at the best of times. You in labor would just be the greatest thing ever. That should have happened. No, I absolutely would never do that. No one wants to see that. My fucking fiance hardly wanted to see that. (laughs) Were you swearing your head off? No, but there was one really funny time that I'll share with you. It was basically I was because I was I'd gone and got trained to do hypnobirthing, so I was I was aiming for a natural birth, but I had some complications, unfortunately. But basically, I was in the um, in the water. Um, in the birthing suite, um, laboring, and I had the gas <gasps> and the um, the midwife. I'd already Googled it, like, can too much gas affect the baby? It cannot, for those of you playing along at home. Um, <laughs> gas me up, baby. <laughs> and I was literally, and she's like, Hannah, you only have the gas when you have a contraction. And I looked at Josh and I was like, this is the first kind of semi-har I've had in a year. <laughs> Leave me alone with my bloody gas. I'll be like, I'll be like the contractions are one minute apart. And I'll be like, well, push then. You'll be like, no, I'm good. <laughs> You're like in the birthing pool faking contractions. <laughs> well, if you don't already, make sure you're following Hannah on Instagram and subscribe and listen to her podcast. It's literally my favorite one that I listen to at the gym all the time. Yeah. And thank you so much for joining us on our podcast Hannah of course thank you guys so much for having me thanks Han we've loved you since day one you were the best and you're unreal keep living your life and living the dream 
Love you guys too. I cannot wait to drink some Grey Goose and Verve with you soon. We're on our way. <laughs> See you soon, Hen. We love you. Bye. 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 If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Oh my God, how good is Hannah Ferrier? She is absolutely incredible. She's the queen. Yes, she's the definition of a fierce ass reality icon that is going to be iconic forever. Yeah, she honestly is. She's like a working mum. So make <laughs> sure you like go and follow her on Instagram. Honestly, she is incredible. Hannah Ferrier 234. She has her Oceans Training Academy, Oceans International Training Academy, I should say. So if you want to go work on yachts, make sure you like sign up to that. She can help you along and whatnot. And then her podcast is literally one of my favorites. So Make sure you go and listen to that at Hannah's podcast. Yes, I love, mate, that our job now is just to chat to people we love and admire. How cool is that? Like chatting to Hannah, it was just so easy. And for those of you who don't follow us on Instagram, first of all, what are you doing? <laughs> go follow out Tim and Rob. But for those of you who do, you probably saw that we actually hung out with Hannah and she was so much we, we loved her, but she was more lovable, more likable, more genuine in person. Yeah. We got white girl wasted at her pool, dancing around, twerking. It was just the greatest day. This is outrageous, but apart from my wedding, that was one of the greatest days of my life. I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> but Hannah is actually like, yeah, just amazing. It's She's so so much like who she is on yes. TV, which shows that she's not putting on a, a front or a character or anything, yeah. but just even more genuine and more nice and more real and just so much fun. And she was talking about herself, but then she was asking about us, us, like chatting about what she's doing and what are you boys doing? Like to me, that's everything a human being should be. Yeah, 100%. And if you want to keep up to date with all things The Real House Husbands podcast, make sure you are following us on Instagram at Tim and Rod. And we want to hear from you. If there's things you want to see or hear on this podcast, make sure you slide into our DMs. Let us know what you want to hear, what guests you want. Yes. You know, just suggestions because we want to impress you. <laughs> and do not miss <laughs> Do not miss next week. We are so excited for the guests we're talking to. We're not going to tell you if it's a guy. We're not going to tell you if it's a girl. We're not going to tell you if you if it's an animal. It is something amazing and you are going to be so obsessed when we drop the bomb who is going to be joining us. But I'm not going to lie, this week's going to be hard to beat. Whoever is going to follow Hannah 
is a hard act to follow. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm going to say. But then again, I said that about Ryan. I said that about <laughs> Perez. I said that about Aaron. You know what I mean? Like every guest we've ever had, Ellie. Yeah. Like, Holy shit, we can pat ourselves in the back, mate. We've gotten some top-notch guests. That's because our podcast is the number one ranked podcast. I'm just made that In the up. world. <laughs> number one on iTunes, baby. If that's what we think and believe, that's the reality. Yes. Well, we're manifesting that to the universe. So number <laughs> oh one God. soon. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, guys, for listening. We'll see you guys next week on the Real House Husbands podcast. Bye-bye-bye. Bye. It's time to go. Thanks for listening to the Real House Husbands podcast. Bye, pumpkin. Keep up to date with at Tim and Rod on Instagram. Doing what we love to do the most. And subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. Oh.